Ben Hur, Titanic, Return of the King. These movies have won more Oscars than any other in film history. 11 Oscars is a record that some think will never be broken, marking the highest distinction in film history. In 1995, the Razzie version of this record was broken. Seven Razzies, plus an eighth for worst of the decade in 2000, was a feat that had never been seen and wouldn't be beat until 2008. Its 13 nominations in 12 categories still stands as the most ever. It isn't your normal Razzie nominee either. Instead of a nobody director scamming his way into a star-studded cast, we have Paul Verhoeven, one of the most well-respected directors of all time, directing a cast of newcomers, and Kyle MacLachlan. It does fit what we've come to know about Razzie winners. Horniness galore. Basically 80% of this movie has at least one boob on screen, not to mention the two or maybe one and a half of the strangest sex scenes you'll ever see. So put on your best outfit, then strip it off. It's time to talk about showgirls. She looks better than a 10-inch dick, and you know it. This is Best Pictures, the podcast where we pick our favorite movies for every year we've been alive. I'm Cody Lunsford, and I'm joined, as always, by... Introducing the girl that will tickle your pickle, Chad Oliver. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Mark. Uh, and that was Mark Watlington, the only one who can get my tits popping right. <laughs> That's me. That's Mark. Know how to work those? Know how to work that retractable that me- dress. That mechanical titty dress. So I, I, I called Mark before this recording, mm. and he, he told me that he had previously spoken to you, which means you yeah. called him to prepare that bit. Like, you yeah. had in your head, I have the greatest bit of all time that you couldn't, like, <laughs> wait till you got home. You had to call him on his commute to tell him that you want to say he makes my tits pop. <laughs> uh, no, I, my idea was that I'm the girl that will tickle your pickle. That was my idea. Got and then Mark it. Got it. So it helped me. We collaborated to come up with the second part. Look, got I'm it. the only one who can make his tits pop right. That's true. I mean, it's good to know. And this, I mean, people love when Cody people you know explain how hard comedy. Cha- you know how hard it is to get ta- Chad's tits to pop. I mean, we've all tried. Is is the thing? You and know, Mark's the only like, one that succeeded. And Mark's the only one who can do it. I mean, the only one. Yeah. I I have that special touch. Right. I mean, I can't I can't tickle your pickle, but right. That's, right, 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 that's right. my get your tits job. To pop. Yeah. Hey guys, pickle Rick, is that anything? Oh, uh, the 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 shish, shish, shish and sauce. The shish, shish sauce. <laughs> no, Chad, that's not how you say it. I never learned. Here we have here we have Chad who's only read that word. Yep. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's the shish and sauce. You know, from the internet. Oh man. Where we hear yeah. things. <laughs> I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say it right, so that Chad still doesn't know what it is from the the, internet. It's the sushi. This is us. Oh, this is gonna be a. This is gonna be an interesting episode, and it's because we we watched an interesting movie, and I am struggling to figure out how we're gonna talk about it, but we're gonna do it. I mean, it's our solemn duty. We yeah. signed up for it. We we said we're always going to talk about three movies we like. We're always going to talk about the movie that won the Academy Award. Mm-hmm. And we're always going to talk about the movie that won the Razzie. And this and is Razzie. Even when the and Razzie it, winner is NC-17 for all the boobs. Chad, did you call your mom and ask whether or not you were allowed to watch this movie? I did, and she said no. So I had to watch it behind her back because that's how committed to this podcast I am. 
No, it is weird. I I did so I watched this movie. You suggested I not watch this with uh, Laura, who is my wife, um, mm-hmm. for obvious reasons. So well, well, let's be clear. Not because of gender roles. Not because you shouldn't watch things with like you shouldn't girls. She's, shouldn't watch. She this. specifically would not like this movie. Exactly. No, no, it was specific my, to her personality. Yeah. Here's my thing. I would not watch this movie with another human being in the room. <laughs> right. So I I don't have qualms about that. I halfway followed your advice and she was like sleeping next to me in bed and I was like watching it on well, my hold iPad. On. Hold on. Hold on, Chad. Yeah. You guys were sleeping in the same bed? Uh, it's fine. It's within the it's within the boundaries of marriage. It's true. Um okay, I've I've watched I Love Lucy, and you're supposed to have two separate twin beds. We were both wearing, like, full-bodied footy pajamas, so. Okay. That seems fine. Continue your story. Uh, And I was watching this this just horny-filled movie on my my iPad screen. I feel like she kept, like, shifting in and up, in and out of, like, sleep, and just, like, glancing at the screen during, like, weird parts. (laughs) (laughs) Made me me weird. She got woken up because the blanket started to move away from her. And when she like woke up and turned <laughs> over, it's because it looked like, I don't know how to explain this, but you're, just you're imagine visually. He, he pitched a tent. Yeah. I, yeah. He pitched, Chad pitched a tent, if you will. It's a very funny joke, Cody. But as we both know, I'm tragically undersized and uh, could never, <laughs> my penis could never pitch a tent big enough to move the blanket in any any have you any right, right, have you guys seen that have you guys seen the video on of the the youth pastor who was telling a story about how lot pitched a tent but instead he said pinched a tit oh my gosh <laughs> oh man that's like happening to a pastor is bad but happening to a youth pastor is like is arguably worse career i'm gonna ending? find that video and send it to you guys it's okay. the funniest because he gets so red and embarrassed because he said pinch a tit my Jeez. english teacher once accidentally called the tale of two cities the tale of two titties <laughs> okay <laughs> and, well um, sure, there's definitely a porn parody of that somewhere i'm sure right? i'm sure and she's probably seen it but no she went to <laughs> she went to the principal so she could get it like ahead of it in case someone tattled on her uh-huh. and told him like look i slipped up and i said the tale of two titties in class <laughs> and i'm sorry right. and the principal's no, I- response was just it was the breast of times. It was the worst of times. So that was all I said. <laughs> I think that that's response. a really good story. That's a, I, that's a great response. I empathize with that because um, at my job, we do Facebook Live sometimes, and we talk <laughs> about like social media trends and stuff like that. And, you know, sometimes my mouth runs faster than my judgment does. I mean, I guess my, it, it runs the same amount as my brain, but I shouldn't say everything in my brain. And we were talking about music as festivals. As you can tell from this podcast. Right? Yeah, exactly. Uh, we were talking about music festivals, and I said, like, hey, you guys, it's music festival season. Tis the season to drop Molly. Um, without realizing that that makes me sound like I do lots of drugs, <laughs> which I have never even seen a tablet. I've never Molly? even never even met someone named molly wow that's commitment to that dare lifestyle mark that molly is the name of my uh crystal meth dealer so (laughs) (laughs) um she's the best in the business god we don't know how to talk about this movie let's Um, let's talk about what we've seen at the megaplex i just wanted to say that i do follow dare uh do a random ecstasy (laughs) 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 worth it um chad what what have you seen at the megaplex (laughs) What the fuck are you doing? 
Chad is uh, doing don't. sign language now. Ch- Ch- Chad, you're don't doing a visual a, bit. This is a podcast. Don't, don't oh, okay. No, you're sound. saying you wanted me to translate your sign Do language not for you. Make <laughs> sound. Uh, I saw a quiet place. It was a movie yeah, about great. being <laughs> quiet. Uh, so aliens don't kill you. Um, and it's also like uh, commentary on how like birth control is really hard to access for women. Uh, what? Um, <laughs> I, I, Dad, I'm not sure that's it. Please explain. Go, go uh, on. Well, if if birth control were easy to access, they wouldn't have had a baby in this like impossible nightmare uh, hellscape. Yeah, they or- like start this movie in a pharmacy, right? Yeah. yeah, they did. Also, I mean, this movie is about the terror of bringing child children into the world <laughs> not yeah. not quite what you said no, but it's not. you know it's not. Cl- close yeah, i guess i stole it from a tweet of a very good friend and i thought it was funny why the um, fuck chad uh, chad every like every episode now you are trying to bring up tweets of other people yeah, we this, cannot have a chad's tweet. tweet segment where you plug other people's shit it was it, both times it was uh <laughs> applicable to the movie at hand so uh, a quiet place is very good um I put on Letterbox that it is a masterclass in suspense, but also a masterclass in like why trailers need to chill out and not show you everything that's in the movie. Ugh, um, who cares? It's true. Like there are so many moments in this movie that were ruined by the trailer for me, where like the suspense was lost on me because I knew exactly what was about to happen. Yeah, but there's um, lots I mean, of stuff that weren't in the trailer. If trailers didn't exist, people wouldn't know to go see movies. Okay, but in this particular movie. You have the perfect trailer built into the first five minutes of the movie. Like you lay out the rules of the universe, how the movie's gonna feel, who these characters are. Just release but, like scenes from literally that first scene, and then nothing else, and you but get I, the perfect but I, teaser. I disagree with that because there's moments in those first uh, minutes that aren't in the trailer, and if those were w- what was shown before, then that would ruin the shock it of would the beginning. Ruin like, the it, beginning of the movie, and then you have the entire rest of the movie. Left. But th- but there's a good. There's a good moment that you don't see coming. I just, I don't know. I, uh, me and Chad have been friends for a while. Yeah. This is an argument this that I constantly. This is the end of that friendship. <laughs> right now. <laughs> it's this all is, to this. <laughs> this is an argument he and I constantly have Um, where Chad is like, oh, I don't want to watch a trailer. And I'm like, who cares? It doesn't matter. Okay. It, they, they don't affect me really. But, but like know, movies, maybe. like A Quiet Place was like, just the suspenseful scenes were ruined. But movies like Spider-Man Homecoming, where the entire plot of the movie was in the last trailer that came out, it's obnoxious. I mean, sure, but also, I don't know. It doesn't ruin the ride for me anyway. Mark, normally we ask you next, but we're going to transition into what I saw because it goes well with what Chad is saying, which is truth or dare, Um, where no joke (laughs) every single moment of every beat of that movie is in the trailer. I, that's, that's also a movie that I didn't know about until the week before when I saw a trailer in front of something. See, so, that's why trailers are important. Let me ask you this. Uh, uh-huh. The scene in the trailer where Lucy Hale is getting it on yep. in a bed and then she strangles the dude and says, truth or dare. Is that the end of the uh-huh. movie? I feel like that's the last shot of the movie. Nope. <laughs> okay. Nope, it's not. Is the last shot of the <laughs> movie in the trailer? Uh, not the final shot because the final shot's dumb as fuck. But um, <laughs> but 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 the last like action set piece or whatever, yeah, you see it. Like, y- well, yeah. here's the thing. Here's uh, he- here's the better way to put it. E- basically, all but like three of the dares or the truths are in the trailer. 
And most of those that aren't shown are dealing with a gay character who you wouldn't know is in the movie based on the trailer at all. And all of his dares are revolving around him coming out, him dealing with his dad who he came out to, et cetera, et cetera. So they basically, I was talking, like, it's like, did they censor the gay character it's, out of the trailer because they wanted parents to let their kids go see this movie uh, about sex I and murder and death and horribleness? I, I don't I don't know that it's that, but okay. but I think it's 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 bad that the movie like everybody else is like I dare you to break somebody's hand, but they right. have this character cuz they're like Oh, isn't coming out bad? Right, John? Yeah, I think so. Let's make the gay kid do it. You know, it's just like yeah. it's it's it feels yeah, weird. They don't let him do anything other than be gay. Yeah, basically. Basically. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean it is like broad strokes and like there is little more to the movie, but yeah, mo- most of his plotline is being gay. There's so... also an entire subplot that's not hinted at in the trailer, but as far as like the actual truth or dares, Basically, I mean, the final truth or dare is in the trailer. That's so dumb. But that's real dumb. Who cares? It was still fun. It, it it's dumb. It's not a mm-hmm. good. It's not a great movie. It's Blumhouse not, is worst so far. I haven't seen every Blumhouse movie. They've had stinkers. That's the thing. They They're a production company. Yeah, like uh, I mean, yeah, that's what happens with when every production company gets really big. A twenty four had stinkers. You just don't know about them. Yeah, exactly. A twenty four has had some shitty ass movies because that's the thing. That's how a production company works. Yeah. Like I, I saw the narrative start popping off before this movie came out. That like, oh, everything Blumhouse has done is gold, and it's like, no, no they, done they great got nominated movies. for they got nominated for one Oscar two because they produced Whiplash. Um, oh right! Oh yeah. yeah, that's weird. Yeah, it's wild. Very but, like, off-brand. They're still one of my favorite production companies. For sure. But like, they've made bad stuff. Yeah. Everybody does. I make bad stuff. Listen to this podcast. At, at the beginning, just kidding. Of, it's a good podcast. At the beginning of Whiplash, do they do like the spooky chair floating around the room, like title card for Blumhouse? I don't know. Huh. I do I, like that title card. It's good before a spooky movie. It's a great, it's a great title card. I would love for that title card to be like in front of like the next when Harry met Sally or something like that. (laughs) They like like produce a romantic comedy and it's just like, but like, but like because it's a comedy, there's someone trying to sit down in the chair the whole time. They're like, Hey, come back here. Hey, I need a seat. Come back. Yeah. I mean, here's the thing. The movie still made money. (laughs) <laughs> because like yeah. you know th- those horror movie that's kind of Blumhouse's model is they make cheap movies and make yeah. a lot of money on them and like if their successes outweigh their failures then who cares like yeah. I'll still like me seeing Blumhouse still makes me trust it more than anything it, like um because I know that even if it's kind of bad it'll still be fun which is the case here it, it it's still a fun movie it's basically final destination like you you know what's mm-hmm. going to happen yeah um I, I really want you boys to see it so we can talk about the final shot um, because it's related to something we all hate, but I'm not going to spoil it for you. Okay. Mark, what did you see at the Cineplex? Uh, this was actually not at the Cineplex. I watched... Shit. Uh, I'm sorry. Should I lie? I saw this movie at the Cineplex. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, it is good, from, good. It's, Very good. It's at from your a couple years Cineplex. ago. Your my, home my very own home Cineplex. Uh, it's a one-screen uh, uh-huh. Cineplex. Ooh. Uh, fancy. Classy, yeah. Very, it's like a like classic a, historic. Yeah. It's not a multiplex by any means, but it is a Cineplex because it shows uh-huh. cinema. <laughs> uh, but is it a Megaplex? Uh, what are the differences? Right megaplexes in. have movies. 
Cineplexes uh-huh. have films. Films. Cinema. Okay. Anyway, Do they have I cinnamon them- rolls there. Did you say cinnamonerals? <laughs> I said c- cinnamon rolls. I said cin- sentimental. Um, no, I said c- cinnamon rolls. Um, oh. I I said spirit stallion of this uh, cinnamon. What? <laughs> oh oh yeah. Did you say the, simmer, simmer- the whatever it is? Yeah. The simmer- cimmerillion? Yeah. That's Wait. <laughs> uh, what were you saying, Mark? What is the uh, movie? I watched the movie called Tex Montana Will Survive. Uh, it's by this guy named Jeremy Gardner and Christian Stella. Uh, and it's literally like uh, it. It remember when Bear Grylls when he got no. caught being being fake man versus wild? They were like, yeah, because yeah, he, he went to a hotel. hotel and shit. Yeah, yeah. This is this is basically like uh, if Bear Grylls uh, had been caught doing that, and then he was like, all right, what I'll do is to prove it. I will go out by myself with a camera and be in the woods for thirty days. Uh, so Survivor but, Man. Yeah, it's like Survivor Man, but the mm-hmm. dude is like clearly like not fit to be in the woods for 30 days and doesn't know what the fuck he's doing. And it's literally just like one guy with a camera in the woods for 80 minutes. Found footage? Uh, Wait, 80 minutes? 82. I like the sound of that. It's also, it's also free on YouTube uh, because they want like, they just want people to see their movie. Its yeah. budget is like, uh, I would say it's less than I have my bank account right now, but that would not be true. Uh, oh, but Mark. it's like, Mark, it, are you doing okay? Mark, are you doing okay? I'm getting buddy? a paycheck here soon. I'll be fine, <laughs> dude. Um, <laughs> retweet. Uh, but like, it's like easily the lowest budget movie I've ever seen. But it doesn't necessarily look like it. They just know how to work with a budget. Mark, um, I made you be in some of my short films. You've seen lower budget movies. <laughs> yeah, but it's not a feature. Oh, good point. Good point. Um, but anyway. it was it was featured on my YouTube page. You didn't upload it to Vimeo? <laughs> nah, I think it was Vimeo. Who yeah. fucking cares? Finish Mark. Well, Vimeo Text is, Montana for is films. also YouTube is for movies. <laughs> well, this I guess movie is on YouTube for free for anyone to watch. Uh, just search for Tex Montana will survive. It is uh, a lot of fun and very funny, and also a little a little touching. TBS. Okay. Very funny. Uh, that. Th- Th- that sounds very good. It, w- us doing the film movie joke like we always do made me think of this. Um, so w- so we'll do a brief plug for another podcast. If you guys, uh, you should listen to Purely Nostalgia. Our friend Eli does it with his friend Clint. It's very good. They are going to be doing, or, or they've already done Spike Also it's today is Eli's birthday. Happy yeah, happy birthday, birthday Eli. Eli. Well, um, a week ago when this comes out. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> um, so I was watching Spike Kids too, so I could listen to their podcast because I like listening to movie podcasts and doing this one. Now that's and a the, film. the way... And so, so the, no, that's the thing, Chad. The When that movie starts... Before Spy Kids 2, Island of Lost Dreams shows up, it says, a Robert Rodriguez movie. I have never seen that done before, and it just made me laugh very hard because <laughs> of our movie versus film. That, Rob, that Rod, always... Rob Rod gets it. Yeah. I mean, well, when you make a movie like he does Spy it, Kids they're the 2, same Island thing. of Lost Dreams, I right. feel like you call that a movie because it's like, it's like the moviest movie possibly ever made. Except that doesn't mean anything. Movies and films are the same thing. Well, Ugh. yeah, anyway. but like our like unspoken our distinction big, yes. that yeah. like. Okay, so here's my question, uh-huh. and this is a this is a good transition. Showgirls movie or film? Discuss. <laughs> it's both. Everything is both. I think it's a okay. film. I think it's a bad film. <laughs> um, I think it's a bad film. Good movie. Yeah, uh, I like that. I, I, no, I don't. Um, 
Twin Peaks is a movie. Um, so oh, you finally come the, around. <laughs> nope. So the uh, the movie we're talking about this week is Showgirls. It won the Razzie in 1995. Had either of you boys seen this motion picture before? Um, go ahead, Chad. Uh, I had not. Uh, this was my first time seeing it. Um, I had it mixed up with Dream Girls for the longest time. What? And <laughs> mm, that's fair. And I um. I was like really confused because Dream Girls. I always thought like I thought that movie looked fine, but I hear show. I hear Dream Girls is like the Razzie winner, and it's like NC seventeen, which I didn't know when it came out. And so Jesus. I was thinking Dream Girls until like probably a week before I turned on Showgirls. How uh, does it feel to be a big dumb idiot? <laughs> I I'm used to it at this point. It just things like, <laughs> right just understandable. All the time. Yeah, I get it's it. just yeah, it's yeah. my existence. I know nothing outside of what this is like. So right, I right, can't really right, describe right. to you what being a big right. dumb idiot feels like. But, right. No, I I, I feel uh, you. Had you seen it, Cody? Uh, no, but it it was like a punchline in like high school because it's like oh hey what's a notoriously bad movie that we that would be funny if you like reference that like you go see and it's like hey like hey what are you doing wednesday night oh i think i'll just stay home and watch showgirls it's not that funny of a bit but like it happened and i didn't wow. do it it, it was less it was, funny in high school it was other <laughs> people in my friend group who would do it one guy in particularly like always referenced showgirls and that just became like his running thing and so like it was kind of funny but like we basically knew nothing about it i realized other than that it was a nc-17 like boob movie is basically like what we all all we knew marcus well that's basically what it is uh i mean i hadn't seen this i the first time i watched this movie was for uh not to plug another movie podcast but blank check <laughs> well we don't know for... those people so that's yeah. the difference. you know what you should but listen I, to that it's a very good podcast you should listen I, to it but listen to eli's more because we know him yeah um blank check was doing a verhoeven miniseries and i watched it for that like three weeks ago right. um so I, I effectively, no, I had not seen this, seen it before, like this month. Got it. Okay, let's let's dive into the plot. Um, but before we do, we do want to issue a slight like. I, I know this this phrase gets shit on on the internet, but a a slight trigger warning. We will be there is some rape in this movie, and um, we know there was in Braveheart, but we were able to skip past yeah. that and not really delve into it we it's... are going to be discussing it in this movie a little more and mm. its relevance and it's just harder to get around of a... so yeah yeah it, it's harder to get around and we want to talk about like how the movie handles it so yeah. we won't do that yet but we wanted to like let people know mm-hmm. it's it's a delicate subject and, and people have had to deal with hard shit so like yeah. Um, we, we'll put we, up we, another we, warning before we like really get into it too. So right. So if you want to listen and then just skip once we get to it, we'll give you a warning right yeah. before it's supposed to happen. But we wanted to be good podcast friends. Um. So let's get into the plot. Know me. That's the first word of the summary. But let's stop there. <laughs> I think that's a good place to stop. Um. I think you mean Naomi. No, no. bitch. Me. No. No. It's Nomi. Okay, like, how do you, is Nomi, it like short for Nomeo? Yeah, short for Nomeo. Oh, okay, Mark's doing a bit. I thought you for real thought her name was Naomi in the movie. And I was no, like, no, no, that would make sense. It's just a dumb no, name. Me, no, me is surprised that this is such a bad name. <laughs> what, where does this name come from? I mean, spoilers for later, she made it up, but like, it, it doesn't come from anywhere. It comes from her being real dumb. And she yeah, doesn't want anyone it's, to know. Okay, 
uh, actually, oh, Cody. Whoa, actually, shit. Cody. Mark, Mark unlocked it. She doesn't want anyone to know me. Um, whoa. Actually, uh, Cody, Nomi is her given name. It's given no, to her by her. By her. Jesus. <laughs> Thanks. Um, I do I, love that line, though. <laughs> it's very good. I, 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 it's Chad, a good movie. Chad, I just want you to be the best you're going to be. What if this is Our the best, best version? <laughs> so, uh, Nomi Malone tries the hitchhike into Vegas. Um, you guys ever been to Vegas? It's going to take us a while I, to get through this. I drove through it on my way out to La La Land. Uh, when I drove across the country, but that I didn't like stop and gamble or go to any uh-huh. go to any shows or anything. I um, did the reverse of that because I flew out to L.A. to get a car from my uncle and then drove it back, and we went to Vegas for a night. Hmm. And I was fifteen, there's, <laughs> so could do nothing. There's nothing for there's nothing for a fifteen year old to do. Other than listen, listening to Waking Up in Vegas when I woke up in Vegas and then Facebook statusing about it. That's it. That's all I could do. Uh, there's, I mean, to be fair, there's nothing for me as a 24-year-old to do in Vegas either Like that I would actually enjoy. There's nothing for like a, a lame 24-year-old like myself to do right. in Vegas, just like there is right. nothing for a 15-year-old. If I had a lot of money, I'd love to go to like the fancy casinos, but not gamble because I like money. <laughs> but like, you <laughs> like could I turn like that money into more money. money. It could. But I could also lose my money. But you could also not lose it. But I could also definitely 100% if it's a game that requires but, any sort of skill at all, but, l- definitely lose my money. <laughs> but you could not lose it. Okay, go back and watch Indecent Proposal. Really pay uh-huh. attention to what their game. I think plan we was. talked about this then about how much we wouldn't want to gamble. Cody, look, I think that there's, I think that the, you bring up a good point. I think there's something for everyone in in Vegas, and that something is selling your wife for money. Right, right. <laughs> What's inter- I guess this is an interesting kind of like um, double feature of indecent proposal and showgirls because one is about selling someone else, and this one's about selling yourself. Yeah. I guess uh, so. also this like it's not fun through line of all of our Razzie winners so far. So like fucking indecent. Well, there's <laughs> fucking there's indecent proposal and um, showgirls both share Vegas. Oh, showgirls. Yeah. Um, Color of night and showgirls both share uh, underwater sex. Yeah, that, that's true. Yeah, that's true. I was telling you guys earlier via text, and I'll say this now on the podcast. It's weird that both of those movies have sex underwater, uh, and so does Shape of Water. What what? A, what a change we've had! <laughs> Why Shape of Water? Why did you bring that up? It has oh it has oh you're saying sex. Yeah. You're, you're saying the, the so w- the movies went from worst to best. I didn't understand yeah. that text no. when you said no. that. I thought you meant Brave sex underwater, underwater it's, sex. It's, it's good now. Like 25 years ago, if there was sex underwater in a movie, it was the worst movie of the year. Got it. And now this year, underwater good. sex is the best thing we've ever seen. Got it. And w- and that was true underwater sex. I it was. I would love to see like a Razzie version of Shape of Water, just like the same plot, but it's like really bad. Oh man, I would love that. <laughs> I would, Chad. I would love it. Like, yeah. <laughs> Wait, I, is Shape of on. Water the Razzie version of Shape of Water? If it came out like in the nineties, would no. it have won the Razzie? No. Uh, <laughs> Probably not. No, it's good. It's very no. good. Um. Okay, so she tries to hitchhike into Vegas. We are one minute into this movie. 
Um, but she ends up being robbed by a Billy Ray Cyrus looking motherfucker who <laughs> yeah. picked no, her up. No, he's an he's an Elvis impersonator who doesn't know he's an Elvis impersonator. Uh, that's a fair point, actually. Um, so after realizing she's robbed, she like so he like convinces her to go like into the casino and like gamble, and then like mm-hmm. steals all of her shit and disappears. And so she goes out, and she's like, "Meh." Um, that's <laughs> the sound of her almost throwing herself in front of traffic. I a guess, car, also yeah. throwing up and then eating fr- French fries wrong. Yeah, she Did does. You guys know you could rant- eat French fries wrong. <laughs> yeah, golly, she yeah she like randomly throws up, which is real gross. But she runs into uh, Molly. Um, they go to a diner. Uh, it's my crystal meth girl. Yep. yep. Nomi slams her ketchup bottle <laughs> very aggressively at the diner. Um, but but after kind of an odd time jump, we're not really sure how much time has passed. Six uh, weeks. It's on the screen. It's six weeks. It is. Uh, I may have looked away. Because <laughs> um, <laughs> you're taking notes while you're watching um, the movie, which is... <laughs> yes, definitely because I was taking notes. Good for the podcast, uh, Bad for bad for watching movies. Right. Um, Molly and Nomi are now roomies. What do you call Mark a roomie when you roomies? live in a trailer? Do you call it like a trailery? No, I think you still call them no, roommates, Jeff. There's still, there's still rooms for yeah. sure. No. <laughs> it's interesting. I, th- I, I think that, that that time jump is funny because it's like, hey, you can stay with me for like one night before you, so you can like get your lungs underneath you. And it's like mm-hmm. six weeks later and she's still on the couch yeah. of that trailer. Oh, so it so it's meant to be like a like a bit, like yeah. a a joke. I a mean, jokey, jokey. it functions for me. Sure. If you read the yeah. title cards on the movie, it functions. Right. Cody. Well, I don't know how to read. Um, let me uh, read Never our learned. plot summary. Uh, Molly is a seamstress at Goddess. Um, a God. Vegas show that is a huge spectacle with nudity, starring Crystal Connors. Nomi tells Crystal she were that Nomi. Oh God! So Nomi, um, who is played by um, Elizabeth Berkeley, mm-hmm. who was known for Saved by the Bell. She's yeah, not she Kelly. Was kind of, she was kind of a nobody. She had. I don't think she was in like Saved by the Bell. Saved by the Bell. I think she was in like spinoffs of Saved by the Bell. No, she was in the main show but she wasn't kelly kapowski who is the one that i see on hipster boys t-shirts so i don't like really know what character she was because i've never watched say by the bell me neither that's um, a blind spot for me yeah um but blind spot on nbc i'm gonna watch that every fucking week blind side it may be canceled i have no sandra idea. bullock yeah that's my favorite movie of all time <laughs> oh, um, oh cody i've i've never seen it yeah. anyway um so nomi tells crystal who's played by gina gershon you guys know her from stuff. Uh, she's in Cocktail, um, which is not a movie we talked about on this podcast. <laughs> You're right; it's not. It was um, not the the Razzie winner for 1988, yeah. which was our test season. Um, guys, but, I like Cocktail too much. <laughs> right, Cocktail's cocktail great. Rolled. There's a reference hey, of guys, her Cocktail in uh, Ready Player One. There, there was, which was is there? bizarre. Yes, yeah. yes. Hanging up in his like, uh, I guess it's his video game apartment. There's this yes. neon oh, sign that says Cocktails right. and Dreams. Yeah, right. it, it's That's incredible. Um, so weird. Like of all those, so and you can't get a Mario and Luigi reference in a video game movie, but you're gonna reference cocktails oh, and dreams. The oh bar from Cocktail. <laughs> anyway, pissing me off. Go, this movie. Go watch Cocktail. <laughs> You'll never hear an episode of us about it, but you should watch it. It's good. It's wild. Um, but but Gina Gershon is also in Bound, which was one of the Wachowskis' early movies, and that movie's real good. Um, and she's she's a good actress. She's good in this movie. 
Um, she's she's been in some stuff recently as well. Uh, stuff like, um, I don't know. P.S. I love you. Oh, ever heard of it? Uh, P.S. Yes. Uh, Face Off, which we will watch uh, soon. Spoilers. Uh, I'm I'm sorry. We might watch soon. <laughs> yeah, make it clear or make it vague is what I meant to say. Opposite of what I told you to do. Anyway, um, she's in stuff. Yeah, she's in. I stuff. think she was in she, an episode of good. Crashing, Pete Holmes show. Sure, Chad. I don't Pretty know. Pretty sure. Um, so um, Nomi is telling Crystal that she works at the Cheetah Club, which is not a club dedicated to the Cheetah Girls, which is kind of like a travesty. It's the biggest oh. disappointment uh, that would have been a good in this thing. movie. Real, like, gets your really? hopes up real quick, and then it just tears You down. hear it Cheetah Club. You're like, Cheetah Girls, Cheetahs. Cheetah Sisters. <laughs> <laughs> it, it really would have confused the timeline of this movie, but it uh-huh. would have been worth it. It would have been well, worth Cheetah it. Well, Cheetah Girls is a spinoff of this movie. It's a bunch of girls who leave the Cheetah Club and start a pop True. group for children. <laughs> I think they're 15 in that movie, so I don't think so. Um... Okay, hold on. We're never getting anywhere. Do you guys remember that in the first Cheetah Girls, one of the main plot points was one of their dogs gets stuck under like a sewer grate and they have to like sing for it to come out? I don't know if that's <laughs> Cheetah Girls 1 or 2, but like I, I remember it happening. I mean, I never watched the Cheetah Girls. I just yeah, saw all I the promotions I ever watched the Cheetah Girls Disney either. Channel. Okay, but. well, there's something with a dog stuck in a sewer gate. Uh, tweet oh. at us right in the Facebook group. Uh, another little sidebar. We're in second grade, right? <laughs> Okay. And we were going around the room. It was like this icebreaker for like children uh, so we can learn something about our classmates. Mm-hmm. And this, this girl, Cheetah Girls had not come out yet, but there were like a bunch of ads for it on okay. Disney In Channel. In second grade? I think it was yeah, second no, grade. Yeah, that, no, that, that, that timeline yeah. seems right. Yeah, it was, it was around that time, first or second grade. But this girl claims her favorite movie is the Cheetah Girls. And it did not come out yet, and it really pissed me off. And I still think about it like on a <laughs> monthly basis about how this girl said the Cheetah Girls is her favorite movie. But she hadn't seen it yet because nobody had seen it yet because it hadn't come out. That's like the people who are like, oh, well, my uncle works at a Nintendo and I've already played Pokemon uh, Black. Shit, that's a real one. I was trying to think of a fake <laughs> Just one. A color that they haven't touched yet. Right. Uh, um, Cheetah Girls came out in 2003, which would have been second or third yeah, about grade. Second so grade. Yeah. you were close um, it checks out I'm, I'm, I'm cool with it so, so if you're so out there listening like I hadn't forgotten fuck you <laughs> fuck yeah. you for lying we saw right we're through put, you this is why we this is why we wanted to start this podcast so we could like put haters on blast yeah like well I'm um, being a hater to someone who in my head is still a second grade girl but she is like 24 years a, old now a grown ass woman yeah. okay so Oh man! She probably uh, still Crystal hasn't seen Cheetah Te- Girls. <laughs> probably not. What if she never saw <laughs> Cheetah Girls? All this hype, and then she was like, she still says it's her favorite movie. Right, like <laughs> to this day, she's Cheetah. so committed to the lie that, like, when people ask, she's like, "No, nah, man, I love Cheetah Girls." And they're like, "Oh shit, have you seen Raven Simone? Is on like the View or some shit now?" And she's like, "Who?" Um. <laughs> so. Crystal like kind of like dunks on Nomi, right? And she's like, "Hey, the type of dancing you do is prostitution," mm-hmm. which becomes a through line and in this movie where everybody Nomi, judges Nomi on the type of dancing she does. Nomi doesn't like that. She Nomi doesn't. Out. Nomi doesn't like a lot of things. Nomi no, has here, a tood. Here's a here's a like a real character point of Nomi's. Um, she doesn't like it when people call her a prostitute. Or yes, right. Which that's I mean, just something that with with. 
something with her character that's unique to her. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um. But but so like Elizabeth Berkeley got a lot of shit when this movie came out, right? Because like her agent, her agent dropped her. But but she like it's later come out and Paul Verhoeven has like kind of said like oh I feel bad for Elizabeth Berkeley because like everything that she was doing like I wanted that specific performance so people were like oh it's a bad performance she's doing bad but that's exactly yeah. what Verhoeven wanted because I'm it not is, sure ev- why every like decision she makes in her performance and like if it it's true that Verhoeven has gone back and said like no this was. She did great. She was doing as directed. It mm-hmm. is biz- she behaves so bizarrely in like every yes. single scene. No, I, agree. I think that she's written bizarrely in every single scene. Yes. And she's just matching what is written for her. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Do you guys want to hear the the long list of people who turned this movie down? Yes, go for it. Um, Pamela Anderson. Wow, that's kind of an obvious one. Yeah. Uh, Drew Barrymore. Interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes that. sense at the time. Angelina Jolie. Mm. Makes sense. And this is before she had been in, like, uh, 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 Girl Interrupted. The, yeah. Um, Jenny McCarthy. Also kind of makes yeah. sense. Also makes sense. She was, like, a play playboy bunny. Yeah. Uh, Denise Richards. Also makes sense. Yeah. And he cast her two years later in Starship Troopers. Yeah, and then Charlize Theron. Interesting. Oh, huh. Makes sense that she turned it down. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, it makes sense that they all turned it down. Everyone <laughs> should have turned this role down. Yeah. Uh, so, um, so y- you guys think this I wouldn't gotta... have worked no matter who was cast in this movie? Margot uh, Robbie. <laughs> I mean, I think that it's just a the role asks you to do things that, like, just in the in the script, it's it's hard to be a good actor with this script. Yeah, no, that makes sense. I'm not saying it's impossible, but like, I think it's hard to be go from like a TV show like uh, Saved by the Bell to Uh this movie. No, it makes sense. Okay, so Molly and Nomi, after Molly or uh, Nomi talks to Crystal, go to a dance club where Nomi runs into James, who is a choreographer. He's also dismissive of Nomi's type of dancing, like just met her and starts talking shit. Like, you don't dance like uh, you dance. You dance like you fuck or something like that. Yeah. But, he, like, says, so, he says, you can't dance, but I can teach you, which is. Ugh. Yeah. He yeah. goes on later to Way say. Way to mansplain dancing. Yeah. He goes on later to say the thing that she's like not dancing. She's fucking. But in this oh, scene, right. he does like approach her and they are dancing. They're both dancing so strangely it's very spastically and like they're flailing their arms a lot but they're both like kind of complimenting each other about like man you got some moves and it's like right it's a really bizarre scene to watch but then he (laughs) says like i could teach you to be better and that's when she kicks him in the balls and then starts a big fight and then she she gets arrested right thank you for causing this fight he bails her out and then she basically ignores him. <laughs> like, as she walks out, she meets yeah. Molly and is like, I'm ignoring you even though you just bailed me out of jail. It's 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 kind of interesting. She's not very nice to him. No. Right. So Nomi then goes to work, um, <laughs> and she hadn't been there for a couple days. At so the let, strip club. At the strip club, at the Cheetah Club. So let's talk about the Cheetah Club, because not a lot of it, like, Oof. comes back in relevance to the plot, but, like, um, there are some scenes here. They just aren't, like, that plot relevant so like right. the, 
there there is an owner of the club who's kind of gross. Yeah, he's got like the um, slick kind back of, hair. I mean, definitely he's, gross. He he says mm-hmm. at one point like, if you want to last longer than a week here, you got to give me a blowjob. So it's like very much the like powerful man. Like in the right. He also he also says that uh, if they take their dick out, kick them out unless they tip you. In which case, it's fine. Right. If they come, yeah. it's fine. Uh, right, if yeah. they take the dick out and come on you, we'll kick them out. If they tip you right. well, <laughs> right, then it's fine. Yeah. fine. And it, what's the most fucked up about this movie is he is the best male character in the whole movie. Not yeah. like best we like him most, but morally best as opposed to the rest. And best like, we like him most, I'd say probably. I, yeah, yeah, probably. Yeah. But like, yeah, like they're all garbage people, which is the point this movie is making, that everybody yeah. is garbage. Yeah. But no, I, included. I, I might like James more than him. James is shitty. We'll, I mean, we'll get is, to why, but. We see more of James than we do of this guy. I think if we had right. seen I him think, more, we would come to dislike him. You're probably right. James probably he still sucks, but he's like not he's not as sleazy. Everyone's sleazy. That's the that's the whole point. This movie is like everyone's gross, everyone's shitty, everything's bad. Um there there's also somebody um who works at the club called Mama. Um who is I guess it's like vaudeville esque. She kind of does like a whole like yeah. routine where she like, um, she's a bigger lady. She does the whole kind of like ribs people in the crowd, like does yeah. dirty jokes that sort of thing. And she does this thing where like she flexes her arms and then her boobs mm-hmm. pop out. Like that's some kind the, of thing with the dress. The mechanism reference at the beginning of this podcast is Nomi right. was the only one that could get her. Uh, tits popping is the way they put it yeah um she would like fix the mechanism on the back of the dress and then she'd be able to get it popping again i liked mama a lot because she was sassy and she she also like she's basically just a comic like a like a comic who just takes her tits out basically she just does crowd work yeah yeah exactly um she is in orange is the new black the actresses um just fun fact um, a fun fact I know because I watched the show. Like I didn't even look it up. I was like, oh, that's that what person. season is she in? She's in all of them. She's Who just one she? of the side characters. I don't know. Okay, <laughs> look, I watched like three seasons of that and feel like I should remember who she is. You, you, you do. She was with Red. She was in Red's group. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah that makes no, sense. I um, I've not watched this show, so it's all right. So it's then, right. Crystal and her boyfriend Zach. Zach, played by from, from Chad's favorite movie of the past year. Yeah, Twin Peaks: The Return. Um, oh great boy. film. It's, it's not it's really a movie, Mark. It's more of a cinema film. It's Kyle McLaughlin. I think I called him Kyle Chandler earlier in this podcast. Did you? Um, it went over my it, head if you did. Yeah, my bad. It's Kyle McLaughlin um, playing a real sleazy role, which is odd because I, well i was about to say it's odd because he was in a bunch of david lynch stuff but he never played the sleazy character in any of his david lynch i know i mean he, a little bit he's in blue never velvet. been a sleazy character like this right he, he was closer to it in blue velvet than he was in twin peaks certainly. right but and uh, i'm so watched dune so we don't know yeah i'm so used to seeing him as like the chipper dale cooper mm-hmm. but then again we have seen him as dark coop uh it's a weird show it's a really weird show. 
Yep. Um, it's interesting that he chose to do this because he had already done all of that David Lynch stuff beforehand. Right. Yeah. Well, this um, was so, after Twin Peaks had been canceled. So, so I, I wonder if he was going ag- against type and was also like looking for a new like auteur to take him under his wing. That seems fair. That seems yep. like a pretty accurate like, um, you know. Who knows? <laughs> I don't know what the word I'm looking you for. Just, is. You just ran out of sentence. Yeah, exactly. Um, so Crystal and Zach are we, at the Cheetah Club. Yes, Mark? I was. I was gonna say that this role was originally offered to Dylan McDermott. That makes sense. Uh, uh, pr- I he's also a pretty boy. We've also skipped past uh, Crystal. I also have alternative casting for Crystal. Okay, go. Uh, for it. Sharon Stone, who was just in Leith in uh, Basic, Basic Instinct. Instinct. Yeah, that makes uh, sense. Madonna. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, Sean Young, who was in Blade Runner. She was the... Oh, yeah. Rachel in Blade Runner. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Daryl Hannah as well. Who? Daryl Hannah. Hannah. The Mermaid and Splash. The Mermaid and Splash. Or She's been in she is. Someone else in Blade Runner. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um... So I, I I think that of those uh Sharon Stone and Madonna would have would have done a good job. Sharon Stone yeah. would have made the most sense but that I mean that's kind of just her doing similar stuff that she had yeah. already done so like I, I mean, think it's good that he got somebody else. I mean Gina G- Gershon? Yeah. yeah. She's not bad in this role. I think she's like no, oh, I think she's interesting. Good. She's good. Yeah. I think she's good too. Um so um, Crystal pays for a lap dance from Nomi, uh, like yeah. for for Nomi to give it to Zach while Crystal watches, and it's like a power move. It's a weird thing because, it's, like, in a way, Nomi it feels like she's being want to do cucked, <laughs> but like oh, great. in the scene. <laughs> Because she's watching someone else, like, with sure, her man. Sure, 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 sure. So, like, sure, in a sure. way, it's, like, the opposite of a power move, but the way it's played is it's, like, very much a power move. Well, because well, the idea is I'm making you do this. Yeah. And it's, like, you, right you, after you, the scene where she, like, flipped out on, like, where Nomi flipped out uh, mm-hmm. in front of uh, yep. Crystal. Right. It's basically like saying like, oh, you claim you're not a prostitute. Fuck you. Yes, you are. Yeah. I'll make you be one like that. that yeah. That's the idea behind it. But it's 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 a very odd scene. And then she just like shakes her ass a lot. And like Kyle well, Chandler kind of comes. Like, well, he does oh, he, not like, to be too crap. Like he does. He but it's like, does. And I don't know. Essentially, the, the lap dance starts as like it's like a tease. But then it culminates to just like she's having sex with him while he has his clothes on, and Ch- and she's well, making direct Chad, eye Chad, contact. Chad, you are a married man. You should know how sex works. Well, yeah, there's a lot of like that kind of jerky body movement that she uh-huh. was doing throughout. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah, no, she's it's just like, like jerking him off through his clothes with her body. <laughs> is what's happening in the scene. I love that we're talking eye about eye contact this. with Crystal the entire time. Yes, yeah. that's, that's that's what's just, wild. That's just what's happening in the scene. Like I, I don't right. want to just be crass. I wouldn't just talk about this out of nowhere. Uh-huh. But like it's just, it's in the movie. But, uh, but 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 the but the important part is that Crystal and Nomi are making eye contact the whole time. Yeah, like I think that there's definitely some like some like lesbianic subtext within their relationship. Oh yeah, uh, I don't think it's subtext. It's just Mark. text. Yeah, <laughs> I no, think it's but, just text. But I think that in this scene isn't necessarily her like making her into a prostitute. Like, I think that like she just wanted to see her fuck. I think it's both. Yeah, I think it's I think like it, she she wants her, but she also is 
like exerting power over her. Like, yeah. I, I think it's both. Um, James also creepily watches this from like the beads of yeah, the room. The bouncer like kicks him out. He's like, dude, what and are you He's doing? like, what the you fuck gotta, are like, you doing? And he's like, want to uh, watch? You gotta pay. <laughs> Get out of here. Yeah. Um. So then Crystal arranges for Nomi to audition for the Goddess Show. Um, and so like, you know, there's lots of girls and they all have to do like kicks and dances and that sort of thing. And then he keeps whittling people down until he like gets the final two. And then he's like, show me your boobs. And they're like, uh, what? And he's like, it's a nude show. Show me your boobs. And so they do. Um, and then, um, he basically embarrasses Nomi cause he's like, God Man, I love talking about this movie. He's he like, makes her yeah. rub like ice on her tits to get her nipples like standing hard Correct. because they're not yeah. hard. Um, <laughs> Look, this this movie is as insane as it sounds. Yeah, so it's she probably gets more insane than like we're trying to like because like right. we don't want to just go for it like the movie goes for it. Right. And when I try to, Cody shames me for like saying words when it's just what's happening in the movie. But no, I understand. I, we're I, also I don't almost. We're almost to the second act, so right. uh, yeah. <laughs> shit is just starting. <laughs> right. So, so she gets mad that he embarrass her, embarrasses her, and she leaves, and she gets the job anyway because that's how things work. Um, so James then tries to convince her that, like, he's like, "No, you're too talented to be a showgirl. You're too talented mm-hmm. to be a stripper. You should dance for me." Um, that I've choreographed something. You should dance for me. Which is like yeah, he such says shitty shit. Like he, it's such like, and he says he wrote the song for her about her in this scene. Right, right. He there definitely is that. It, yeah, and it's just kind of like fuck off, dude. Like, don't slut shame her because you want to fuck her. Like you know, it's, it's also it's so messed up. It's also pretty quickly made clear that he says this to every girl. Right. Just to fuck right. him. Right. He, um, so he ends up, like, um, impregnating one of the other girls at the Cheetah Club that, like, Nomi was friends with. Yeah. Um, and so impregnates that girl, and then they, like, get together and stuff like that. And so, and so that's kind of how his storyline wraps up. She kind of, like, moves past him, but occasionally will, like, keep running into him. And she's done that. And so, like, the movie does treat him like he's shitty. Like, it's not like in a lot of movies where a guy is telling a girl the right thing to do and the movie presents that as okay. Like, it is saying, like, no, he's a garbage dude for doing this. Everybody's trying to take advantage of her. Mm-hmm. Um, so Crystal keeps playing mind games with Nomi, including convincing her to make an appearance at a boat show, um, which is actually meant to basically be prostitution yeah basically she's literally whoring her out right she she's supposed to go to this boat show and then guys come up and are like hey here's your money and she's Mm -hmm. like what um and so she tells on the guys to zach who Mm -hmm. acts like he takes it all seriously and is like he reprimands the guys for suggesting she like have sex with the guys Right. And And then we find out later that nothing, uh, I'm sure there were no consequences. Like, Zach. Yeah. Zach immediately, as she walks away, calls the guy and was just like, hey, man, come back up here. Sorry about all that crazy nonsense. Uh, It broke my heart to see Dale Cooper like that. (laughs) Right. So, So Nomi decides 
basically to take the throne, right? She wants to take Crystal's spot. Mm-hmm. And she does that in a variety of ways. She sleeps with Zach because Zach and Crystal were a thing. Yeah. Um and, and by sleep I mean wiggle around in a swimming pool. I think wiggle is like a pretty mild word for what flail. I would say f- thrash. Flail, yeah, flail thrash. And, yeah, thrash, splash certainly a splash was made. Oh th- I wanna <laughs> ask you guys about this. Underwater blowjobs. Yes or no? <laughs> I don't mean I don't mean would you I mean can you no (laughs) that's not how air works. I think she seems impossible (laughs) yeah yeah absolutely um so so she does that for like 10 seconds and then like they proceed to and I'm doing the biggest quotation marks of all time have sex Because it's not how their, things work. Their waists are lined According up. According to the movies I've seen. I have no idea. Uh, and then <laughs> he's standing up with his like back against the wall of the pool, I guess. Uh-huh. She's like leaned back, sort of like her back is floating on the top of the water. Mm-hmm. And she's Describe just, I think she slower. has a seizure. I think she just has a seizure. Yeah. Is what it looks like. I that, mean, that's kind of honestly what it looks like. It, um, it not to make like, light of people having seizures, but like right. it legitimately does look like that like i was concerned that like she was like not okay in this moment yeah like the movie had taken a weird like turn where she had like died or something yeah uh, uh, here's another thing about nomi she dances like she's fucking and mm-hmm. she fucks like she's dying <laughs> <laughs> yeah and when she dies it looks like she's dancing it's, so it's very like beautiful when she dies <laughs> yeah um so so then she tries to get the role as crystal's understudy mm-hmm. and she does get it but then Crystal threatens legal action if Nomi get like is the role, which yeah. because Crystal that gets to like me. Crystal gets intimidated and is like uh, scared of Nomi. Basically, she's like, yeah. "Oh, Nomi has too much power." Right? No, yeah. don't explain that part to me. Explain to me how Crystal has any like legal authority. Well, about I this think show. she was more than that, just threatening to leave the show. I don't yeah. know. They they like make a point that it's legal action. Uh, maybe there's contracts or some shit. Yeah, I, don't know, I don't know, but it seems yeah. it seems a stretch. But I'm she sure has power she... in the show, and she had say in who the understudy is. Basically, is the important yeah. thing. Yeah, and, and and she was probably saying, if you pick her, that's not my pick for the understudy, and I have a contractual reason to pick my understudy. So if you pick her, then I have to breach of contract, and I can leave the show. Yeah. Yeah. Fun. Um, so Nomi solves this problem by pushing Crystal down the stairs. Um, um, yep. So she pushes her down the stairs, but after this like really weird scene of like they're doing the show, and in the middle uh-huh. of the show, like I can never tell because they're trying to like do dramatic things while they're dancing on the stage, right? Mm-hmm. So you got all these girls, and at one point Crystal trips Nomi, but like the way they play it off is like it's all choreographed and it's like a part of the dance, but I well, feel be- like. They're like professional, and they can they can like play off tripping and and making mistakes into like this is just the choreography. Okay, right. so that was just a recovery from, yeah, like what was quote um, an accident, right? Yeah. Okay, and we're and and so there's lots of dance scenes. We're skipping over them and not going into detail yeah, of what they are because there's a lot of them and they're very long and like ultimately don't matter that much. Yeah, um, they're they're pretty. Ish. They're cool, and mm-hmm. I think like thematically, maybe they tie in. They, they uh, do I don't do that know. Far. They they try to like 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 here where she trips Nomi. They like are doing plot things mm-hmm. in these dances. 
Like they're yeah. not like just a let's take a break and dance and then that's all the scene is. There's like things going on. You know, I mm-hmm. guess you there are some thematic things within like because like the first dance that we see is like like a like a debut like a birthing of of a star mm-hmm. and then like when her first one so she trips uh crystal and she becomes the star of it and her first show is like uh like leather daddy cyberpunk right. like motorcycle uh and it's very much like i have power and i'm the badass now i've, I've gotten my way yeah so i guess like, like i guess there are some too. thematic elements in there so Nomi gets away with tripping Crystal because she's helped out by like a fellow show girl who had recently been cutthroat to another girl. And so as long as basically this other show girl who helped Nomi out is like, okay, so now I can be your understudy, right? And Nomi's yeah. like, yeah, sure. Which um, is scary because this girl will also just hurt Nomi. Yeah, eventually. exactly. Well, it's mm-hmm. a cycle, as we'll get to later. Um, Nomi becomes the lead of the show, girl. Um, Molly and Nomi had not been getting along during this time um, mm-hmm. because N- Nomi had been taking things too far. Molly was like, I think you pushed her and you're being an asshole. Um, but in an attempt to make amends, Nomi invites Molly to a party honoring yeah. Molly's favorite musicians. This is where that trigger warning comes into play. Probably skip yeah. ahead like five minutes. Um, like three. Um, yeah, we'll try to so the mu- push through it. <laughs> Right, so so the musician takes Molly into his room, and then he and his cronies gang rape her. Yep, um, it's really hard to watch. Um, also, very hard like, to watch. Uh, they had to beg Molly to come to this party in the first place. Right, yeah. and and so so the point Verhoeven is trying to make here is Nomi is like fucking over like making things terrible for everybody in her life. He's also trying to make a statement of, um, you know, your heroes are actually evil. Like Mm -hmm. people you think are good will actually just try and take advantage of you. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's very purposeful that like, they don't even like try to flirt with Molly. They don't even try Mm -hmm. to use the musician like, Oh, come sleep with me because I'm famous. Like he instantly resorts to rape because it's it's a power thing because it's Molly would have slept with him. Yeah. Molly went to that. Molly went to that room to sleep with him, but he's like, screw that. I'm going to hurt you anyway. Yeah. Right. Because yeah, he's a monster and a bad person, which is Verhoeven's point. Mm -hmm. However, this is a character we hadn't seen for 45 minutes who shows up basically just to get raped. Like, yeah, so it's, it's bad. not great. It, it's, it's the way the movie approaches it. And I, I understand what he's doing. There's a way to depict rape in film and it not be this, too. It's like a really just graphic and brutal and hard to watch scene. Mm-hmm. Which, like, obviously, like, a rape scene shouldn't be, like, a delight to watch. It shouldn't obviously. be. Obviously. Obviously. But, like, to linger so long on these, like, I've, I'll spare the details, obviously. I don't want to. Right, 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 that, right. But, 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 yeah, but, but, but that's Verhoeven's thing is, like, shoving your face into the nastiness. So that, that like, I, I understand what he meant with it. Doing it to a character who disappears, doing it to arguably the only, quote, unquote, good character, which yeah. is why he did it. Like, he did it because it was, the quote, unquote, the only good character. I just don't think the movie. This is going to sound fucked up, so I hope people follow my line of thinking. The movie doesn't earn it. 
Which I know sounds bad because it's right. like, oh, a movie's got to earn its rape. No, that's not what no, I mean. But, it but makes you know, sense. like yeah. it, yeah. So, um, Verhoeven handles things like this better in other movies, um, specifically L, which came out in 2016, which is very good. L is like all about like a, a rape survivor and a rape victim and her dealing with that, and it, like it handles it incredibly well and uh, is a better movie than this. It is a better movie. And and part of the reason that movie handles it well is immediately after it happens, he sits on her just sitting there in silence for a second. And so it's it's giving the, like, it's turning the attention to the victim and t- not to the assailant. You know what I mean? Like, it, it's, mm-hmm. it's, ma- it's showing, like, that aftermath of grappling of trying to figure out what the fuck happened. And this like, movie is more about the shock and not about the emotional and it's, ramifications. It's about like the consequences to know me that this happened and not, not about yes. the consequences to uh, Molly right. the victim. Yeah. Right. Yes. And, and that's where it's grossest. I think you hit the nail on the head is it's using. So this happens in movies a lot but normally it's meant to motivate a man, which is mm-hmm. when it's real, you know, like it's fucked up a lot. Uh, when Braveheart. Braveheart. Yep. yep. <laughs> um, when, when a character gets raped to motivate the man to get angry, this is the same thing. It's just to make another female angry. Mm-hmm. Um, it's cheap. It's not well done. Um, yeah. But it does make it does make her angry. It does make her angry. And the next scene that follows is kind of fun to watch. Right. She, so, she just fucking kills the guy. <laughs> right. Um, but before that, Molly is hospitalized. Yeah, that part's um, Nomi, Nope. Nomi's on a war path. She's basically like going to Zach because like, she's like, oh, he'll help me. He has money. He's in mm-hmm. charge. And then he's like, hey, we have to cover it up. Revealing what we suspected the whole time with Kyle um, McLaughlin's spider-man three ass haircut <laughs> that he's a villain the whole time um and and so so the the whole movie there's been people asking nomi where she came from and she's like different places different places and like uh, people asking her about her past she gets mad mm-hmm. every time that sort of thing she doesn't and give so, out her social security number when they're like taking it for her employment right like, nothing yeah. and so when Nomi's confronting Zach about this, he's like, no, we're going to cover it up. We like that musician. He gives us money. We want him to keep coming back. And you're not going to say shit because I know your backstory. And mm-hmm. her backstory is she had been arrested for like physical prostitution. assault. Like, yep. Prostitution, solicitation. And that her dad killed her mom and then he killed himself. That is her backstory, right? Mm-hmm. Shitty things, bad things, obviously. And... You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't want that to sound flippant, yeah. but, like, how is that black... What is that going to hurt? Well, I mean, I think that they could release that to... Uh, like, they could release it to tabloids and into her career. Because she is, like, a star it, now. She's, like, a Vegas star. She's on billboards. Well, I mean, She's, not necessarily her, her like, dad being know. a bad person, but her having a track record of solicitation and Yeah, being assault. a prostitute. Yeah, that's, that's what's going to come back to bite her. I don't know though. Like I don't. I don't know. It, it seems like a stretch. I get it though. Like it does linger on like weird things, like the dad being like the yeah murder suicide. But that I think that part is more about like uh, she's a crazy person who has like the ability to hurt people built into her. Yeah, which is also weird. I don't know. It's weird. Yeah. 
Um, so then Nomi takes things into her own hands. Uh, she beats the shit out of the musician. Um, she then goes to the hospital. She tells Molly, hey, mm-hmm. I did it. And it's kind of like, okay. <laughs> then then she then she goes to speak to Crystal, who is also staying in that hospital. Because yeah. apparently, like, it takes that long to recover from a broken leg. Apparently there's one know. hospital in Las Vegas. Right. Well, um, this all happened in the span of, like, six hours. You have to remember the entire movie. Well, Once it says six fair, weeks later, it's just, like, rapid fire. It's just... Yeah. yeah. I mean, she... So, uh, Gina Gershon breaks her leg, and then she, like... Uh, they have to do a show like the next night, right? So that right. it does make sense that like they do the show the, ne- the next night, and then her at her celebration party, Molly gets raped, and then the next day. So it's been it's been like two days. Yeah, really? Yeah, I mean, it felt like it was supposed they do a to show be every that, night, but. and it's like yeah. Yeah, but I thought it was like the sixth show by the time the musician showed up. I don't. Well, know. no, that was her. That was her like celebration party. Right. Interesting. Like the welcome to being the star. Party. And it was at Zach's house. Got it. Anyway, okay, it doesn't his, really matter. But she goes and visits pool. Crystal in the hospital. Yeah, she, she she goes to visit Crystal, and then Crystal basically reveals that she did the same thing to get her mm-hmm. spot. Um, mm-hmm. We don't know if she means literally push her down the stairs, or basically she just fucked over the girl ahead of her, and she's like, "This is the cycle." Which and then means they make like, out a little bit. <laughs> yes, they do. They do make out, but but the whole point of that is saying like well somebody is going to come up and take Nomi's spot which is yeah. why I think she ends up doing what she does yeah. but yes first yeah. first they kiss because there has been underlying they, tension kiss is the they, they, they make out there's like a lot of tongue and it dwells on it like well there's a lot of tongue in every it. part of this movie yeah yeah <laughs> um so then the movie ends so she doesn't go back to the show right and i no. think it's her deciding like i'm gonna remove myself from the cycle and i'm not gonna get fucked over yeah. um and then she gets a ride with the same guy from the, the beginning same of the movie fucking guy um <laughs> the guy that stole the her same bag guy who, the guy who stole her bag the same guy who she complained about garth brooks too which i found very offensive yeah Um, hashtag country summer hashtag country summer um i take no part in country summer you should um for people who don't know hashtag country summer is a campaign that i'm waging to get people to admit that country music is like every genre it rules good and bad um so it's the same guy from the beginning um which i would have thought would have been more interesting if it it was trying to make a cyclical kind of inside Lewin Davis. Um, <sighs> Cody, this statement, this movie just isn't that. <laughs> no, I know, but I, but I wish like it had looked like the same guy, but she, it wasn't. It just looked yeah. like him, and so it was just her starting the cycle over again. I think that would have been more poignant and more what the rest of the movie was trying to say. I think, but it's not. She threatens him. She's like, "Give me." Uh, mm-hmm. my bag and then take me and then the camera pans out and where the fuck is she headed hollywood oh shit hollywood more like holly weird what's worse than las vegas hollywood uh more like molly would have died sure the character uh, molly yeah. would have died yeah yeah pr- probably <laughs> yeah mark yeah <laughs> funny <laughs> so um, I, I didn't really have much to that joke so no, yeah so okay. i i, I I, I found this eye-rolly because it was like, right. Oh, yeah. It's very much like uh, uh, the movie industry is the same way, let me tell you. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Hey, hey, which, Paul, like, I, got a, I got a little secret for you. You you work in the movie industry. 
That's you. Not, he doesn't work in Hollywood anymore. Yeah. Um, they, hey, Paul, I'm I'm Verhover it. God, why is <laughs> that's this, a better joke? Why is this Ver, happening to me? Verhover, Ver, I'm like I'm over it, but his name. Yeah. All right. Verhoeven. All right, the movie's over. <laughs> like and it's, so, and so, it's pretty bad. <laughs> and and Verhoeven like threatened for years, like if he ever made a showgirl sequel, it would be called Nomi Does Hollywood. Uh, um, well, he's wrong because there is a showgirl sequel. Well, called... there is now. Explain what it is, Mark. Uh, it's a it's an unofficial sequel uh, called Pennies from Heaven, and it's about Penny, the the stripper <laughs> at the yeah, um, who she's the one that sleeps with James, and she gets pregnant. And to be clear, it's called Pennies from Heaven, as in Penny is from Heaven. Right. Penny apostrophe S from Heaven. It's dumb. It's dumb. Um, <laughs> so, th- th- thoughts on this? Well, let, let's let's talk about a few things before we actually get into our thoughts. So, I found the use of nudity very interesting in this movie because basically you become desensitized to it oh, by yeah. the end of it. Yeah, like, like you, you, you have you to be or else notice. you'll just be like... You won't be able to focus on the movie because it's just everything's happening with a naked character on the screen. Just in the background, just like, and I don't know, I kind of like that, that they were like just getting ready and they were just naked and they just were. And, and, oh, and I it bet was you kind like of that, a. Cody. I bet you like that a yeah, lot. Okay, cool, cool. I'm trying to have oh, an bet, adult conversation. I bet you loved um, that. But, you I, like but the I thought boobies? it was. Did you like the butts? I thought it was an interesting dichotomy because it, like, when they were like getting dichotomy. Good sorry, I'm really sorry. Um, so, like, th- when they were getting ready and stuff like that in the dressing rooms and stuff, the nudity was just like, oh, whatever. It is what it is. There is no sexualization of it. Mm-hmm. And then, as soon as they got on stage and shit like that, it became hypersexualized, um, which feels on yeah. purpose. Um, it's also weird because so this movie is NC seventeen. And it had, like, a lot of sex and a lot of boobs and stuff like that. I don't know that this movie would be NC-17 now. Um, I think the I, level of nudity it would make it NC-17. I don't level, think so. Th- you I've see, seen, you, like, see glimpses of vagina, and that rape scene's really rough. The rape scene is really rough, but there's lots of movies out now with rougher stuff and with just as much nudity. I don't know about just as much nudity. I there think is so. This is like a so much two-hour movie, movie. One hour forty-five minutes of the movie has nudity. No, I don't know. I, I I don't know that just pure nudity would get you an NC seventeen anymore. Um, I don't think any child under seventeen should see this movie. I think it's a well, fair rating. No, I mean that's not my argument. I'm just saying, like, I don't know that it would. Anyway. Yeah. Um. So what what is this movie trying to say? Uh, that peop- that's something that people, I'm sure, like I'm grappling with. People bad. Yeah, I think I mean, it's it's not necessarily trying to like have a message as much as just like convey that people in like the movie and uh, industry get fucked. Like women get fucked over by men, and like you have to like uh, scam your way to the top. Kind of. Yeah. I mean, it's it's not really trying to like have a message of, like, this is good or bad as much as it is, like, this happens and it's shitty. I mean, I think that is its message, though. It's, like, mm-hmm. everybody's bad. You, to be successful, you have to do shitty things and be shitty to shitty people. Yeah. yeah. Not a lot of fun there. No, it's it's not a very fun movie. And in some ways it is, but it's weird and I think wild. it's a pretty it's fun pretty movie. Fun. Yeah, it's, but it's like, campy, except it's... for when it gets horrific. Like, it's campy yeah. for, like, 
most of it, and then there's just like, like wow, intense real n- stuff. No, me just kicking James in the balls or like spilling drinks some people or whatever she when she's like getting mad and like pitching a fit. It's funny eating mm-hmm. fries yeah. wrong. Yeah, right. Flailing in the um, pool like a like a injured dove. Yeah, like well, like the sex scenes are weird and nonsensical, but they're fucking fun to watch because they're so weird and nonsensical. Right. Yeah. Um. What's What's the thing with net with nails? They They talk about Nomi's nails a lot about how her nails are good, and then um Crystal was like, "I'll ha- I need to have you do my nails one day." They just keep bringing it up. I don't really I know think, why. I think like that was her way of like you should bring Nomi back and have her do my nails it's like her showing interest in in Nomi so it's not really anything like symbolic or anything no, I, I was like no. so. uh, uh, my favorite thing about this movie is uh, Nomi is like bragging about this new dress she got she says it's from Versace which oh that is a funny it's, bit it's a funny she thing she says Versace instead of Versace. Versace yeah which like I'll admit I um, currently work at offices in Beverly Hills and uh-huh. they oh, got oh, Versace fancy, fancy. out there right uh when I when I read it in my head I was like Versace what's for oh Versace like it's just it's how it's spelled it makes sense right and it's funny I felt right it's, it's Kanye, Kanye has a line where he pronounces it Versace oh does he yeah in what song uh in uh it's on his first album it's uh something I forget okay. Um. So, so what are y'all's overall thoughts on this movie? Liked it? Didn't like it? Etc. Um, I didn't really have a good time watching it, to be honest. There were like moments that I liked, like Versace and Nomi freaking out. But it's like more what I expected out of Razzie movies for it to just be like wild, insane. How did this get made? Like this and Color of Night are kind of like similar in just the like this is just crazy like how did anybody think this was a good idea to make this movie yeah i i think i like it a little bit more just and i think it does come from the fondness towards verhoven and like understanding his style but i also there are some people who make the argument uh a lot of people did this for three billboards where they were like oh no you gotta understand that's uh, it's uh, you have to see that other dude's stuff and understand what he's trying to do with a movie I don't think that's a fair assessment. Each individual movie should stand on its own. So Yeah, and I hadn't really seen other the, Van Hoven stuff, though, so I don't know. Right. So so this one doesn't really stand on its own, but I, mm-hmm. but I was willing to give it more. I, I knew that he was trying to say something because he always kind of is trying to say something. He's always kind of trying to do a satire. Mm-hmm. And so th- I was trying to pick it up, and, like, I see it but I feel like it it just didn't come together. Like there's a version of this movie that comes together, I think. And I, this is it. it. Yeah. Mark. Yeah. uh, uh, Chad kind of hinted at the amount of money this script made. I mean, so the, the, the story behind this movie is Paula, uh, Esther house, uh, the, the writer basically was like, I want to make a musical set in Vegas and he literally wrote that on a napkin and then sold the idea for this movie for two million dollars 
You know what, though? Uh, if they had made... I think that would have leaned into the if satirical nature. If it had been a, an actual musical? If it had been an MGM-style musical. Like, it, everything yeah. on like production design and everything like that seemed like a 1940s musical, but at the same time, you had hyper-nudity, hyper-dark shit happening. I think that would have been clearly more satirical clearly more like getting the point across and would have been more interesting i still find this movie interesting but i think that would have been the more insane way to go i i forgive i forgive musicals for like crazy things in ways that i don't forgive like other just straight up movies so like i feel like there'd be a lot of i feel like i'd like it more as a musical no, uh, I just I just like the idea of the shiny gloss over it, and yeah. then like there's clearly the dark underbelly thing because that's what this right. movie is trying to say. But all you see is the dark underbelly. It would be more apparent if it were a musical, and it would be a better. It, movie, it would be probably. making it. W- there would be a juxtaposition there instead of just the bad shit. Right. I I almost disagree. I think that like it would be, uh, even like too much of a dichotomy if it was a musical like too much gloss like going between the the spectacle and then back to like the realness would be too much of a tone shift i think to for me to handle that um what i was going to say though is it seems like he made 2 million dollars with the idea for a script and then was like oh i have to write a script now and then right. just kind of and just kind of shat it out in first draft and make the movie cuz right. like when you make your money up front there's no real incentive to make it good yeah, um, no, that makes sense. Um, yeah, so I don't. I I think I give like again thinking about other Verhoeven stuff, and we may talk about this movie in a couple years. So I'm not going to go deep into it, but like Starship Troopers is a movie that completely. It's not an MGM musical or anything like that, but it completely leans into a glossy exterior, trying to be the cool thing while hiding the like subtext more i think and i think that's why i think it works yeah i mean i uh i agree there but i think that this is a different story where they wanted to show like the the real fucked upness of it Mm -hmm. uh Mm because like that's what that's what is that's what makes vegas vegas is that it's so showy and it's so like glamorous but at the same time it's just like shit At, at its core it's just like shit uh and I think that that is what, like, intrigues me about Vegas. Um, and, I mean, I kind of love every movie set in Vegas. I liked the parts of an Eastern Proposal that that were in Vegas. I, of mm-hmm. course, love Ocean's, Ocean's Eleven. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that um, this movie, I mean, it, its script just is not there. And its plot does not flow very well. And uh, And its performances are, like, insanely over the top. Yeah. Hmm. So now it's it's kind of become a cult movie. It's kind of become reevaluated. Um, which I see the reevaluation. I don't know. I don't think this. Like, I'm sure there's a worse movie in '95. Is how I feel about it. But I I, I don't necessarily love this movie. But I still, I think it's trying to do things, which is at least somewhat admirable. It depends on how you define worse. Because like, are there messier movies? Maybe not. But, like, are there movies that, like, are less fun to watch? Probably. Um, yeah. But I don't, I don't know. know. This, the, this, the, 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 the messiness is, like, part of it. I don't know. It's it's somewhat I intentional. The, but, like, at the same time, it, like, 
it's more obviously bad than movies that might actually be worse if that makes sense it's -hmm. just like more in your face about like yeah that's that wild movie where it's nc-17 and it's just nuts and it's crazy but i think if you compare this to like an Eason proposal which was like messy and bad but also like boring for a lot of it yeah i i a thousand times prefer this and then also like color of night was just kind of all over the place but uh i i I think i still prefer this to color of night because it like everything is way over the top in the way that like a certain a couple scenes in color of night were over the top right well mark uh transitioned quite nicely into what we do at the towards the end of the show which is vote on what so we think the razzies are silly we think dissing on movies doesn't really like help a lot um so we're trying to find what is the best movie that the razzies declared the worst so mark just voted for showgirls chad between color of night which was our last razzie movie and this one what do you vote for um, I'd vote for Color of Night. Uh, I think it's like a, it's way more fun for me to watch that movie. Neither, neither are good. Uh, but like Bruce Willis's performance is actually like not bad in that movie. Uh, go back and listen to the episode. We talk about that a lot. Um, the plot is insane. Uh, but it's a fun time. It's great. The twist is just nuts. <laughs> So I'm the tiebreaker. I'm going to go with Showgirls. Um, I think it's, I don't know. I just, I'm interested about it. You know, like there's, there's a lot more to dive in. Like, I think it might, I might would need to watch it a second time to like maybe try and catch things and try and figure out exactly what they're trying to do. I don't know. My vote is Showgirls, which means Showgirls is the best movie that the Razzies said was the worst. So far. Um, so far, so far. Um, so now here comes the moment everyone's been waiting for. So we decided that Before Sunrise was the best movie of 1995. So now we have to pit it against our current reigning champ for best picture of our entire lives, which is Disney's The Lion King. So I will go first because it's easy. So we have to vote between those two, which one we think is better. I am going to go with Lion King. Um, I don't know. There's not going to be many movies that I think mm-hmm. c- should be Lion King. I think it's a well-done story. Yeah, I love it. Um, do, you've heard lots of episodes where I explain why. Um, Mark, you go next. Oh, Mark. Um, okay. <laughs> uh, because mine is also a little bit more obvious, I think, is why Cody is having me go next. Yes, uh, I'm a good host. Um, I, I, I've talked a little bit about, like, I have a lot of respect for The Lion King. I think it's, like, a beautiful movie with really great songs that I have little to no emotional connection to in terms of, like, I don't connect to the story emotionally, and I can't really put a finger on why. I think part of it might be just that it's, it's animated, uh, and, and it, this isn't even, like, it's, like, this isn't even, it's, it's a kid's movie. It's just that, like it doesn't look like real life. So my mind can't be like, Oh, I can connect to this in a, in a mm-hmm. weird way. No, I understand that. And you've said that many times before. I'm still going to boo you. Yeah. Every time you're like, <laughs> yeah, I can't connect to an animated movie. I still um, will boo as the defender of animated movies. But before sunrise is a movie that I like absolutely can connect to in 
a ton of ways, and I think it's it's also gorgeous, and it doesn't have songs, which is the one point against it. Um, <laughs> but I think that it's going to be my best movie for 1995 and also the years leading up to it. It's a tie. Who would have predicted, Chad? Oh, boy. Okay. Um, I like both of these movies quite a bit. Um, Before Sunrise, we've talked about uh, for me, just very quickly jumped to like my like top movies of all time. I just loved it. Dialogue is great in it, and it's just like doing so much with just so little. It's just two characters. Um, the Lion King, I've loved my entire life. Uh, that I can remember, just like growing up, putting it on over and over again. So maybe the answer is coming partially from like being desensitized to The Lion King, and maybe there's a recency bias. Uh, for Before Sunrise, uh, but I'm voting Before Sunrise. Um, I adore The Lion King. I think it's great. I think it's doing... I connect to it, but like not in a way that like feels specific in a way that Before Sunrise does. I don't know. It, it's I like Before Sunrise better. I'm just going to rip the bandit off and stop talking because Cody looks upset. No, I'm not upset. This is like in terms of most predictable things to happen on this show. This yeah. is one of them. Um, yeah, I think, okay. I think the other one is is uh, best is the Lion King winning last year is the most predictable thing. Yeah, well, no, because I don't know. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, it does great. Uh, three white boys talking about a weepy white boy movie for the next uh, ten years. Hey, um, hey, so and a weepy white girl. Um, whatever. Um, so let's get into our ranking of 1995. We watched a lot of movies, so let's rank our order of which ones we preferred. Want me to go first? What, Chad? I'll go. Yes, go first. Uh, so Before Sunrise is my number one. Uh, what? Seven is actually my number two. Uh, so my pick, Die Hard of the Vengeance, is number three, then Braveheart, then Showgirls. Like, people on our, which we don't, like, pick based on what people on the Facebook page are going to do, but they're not going to be happy about what we keep taking. Um, (laughs) Mark, what's your range? Yeah, a couple people Mine is pretty similar to... And I'm on their team. Go, Mark. Mine is pretty similar to Chad's. It's it's definitely uh, Before Sunrise and then Seven, then Die Hard with a Vengeance. But then I would probably put Showgirls above Braveheart uh, just because uh, Braveheart, like, didn't make me want to keep watching Braveheart. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. While uh, Showgirls made me want to, like, figure out w- what the fuck was happening in this movie yeah. uh, in a way that I can appreciate. Yeah, that's Got a good point. It. I, still, um, I, I guess just in my head I can't call Showgirls a better movie than Braveheart, but that makes a lot of sense. I, I respect fair. how you got there. Yeah. Um my ranking is number one seven. Um spacebar, 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 before sunrise, <laughs> spacebar, <laughs> die hard, spacebar, 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 uh braveheart, uh no spacebar showgirls. Uh, <laughs> that's my is ranking. Is that a tie for last place? Uh no no no. Bra- uh, braveheart I think is better than showgirls. Yeah. Um it's more boring. Um, Showgirls oh, yeah. is more wild, but it, but I I think Braveheart is better. I um, mean, it is it is better made than yep. Showgirls. Yep, it Far is less away. watchable than Showgirls. Yep. Far and away. Um, 
that spacebar joke is from Muppets. Muppets Most Wanted. Most Wanted. <laughs> Which like, <laughs> oh, I didn't see that, that one. movie. I really like oh, the first uh, Muppet revival. Spacebar, 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 spacebar. Your name. <laughs> yeah, it's fantastic. Uh, every Muppet movie is good. Um, yeah, they really are. Fuck, what do we do now? Oh, I guess that's it. Uh, Before Sunrise <laughs> is the best movie. Yay, great. Yay, so um, We lost a lot of energy about 15 minutes left in this movie. <laughs> yeah, no, I know. <laughs> it's so late. If you want to uh, find me on social media, you can find me oh, at right. Chad A. Oliver on Twitter, Instagram, and Letterboxd. Mark, where can people find you? You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Watlington Mark. Don't follow me on Instagram. There's really <laughs> no reason to. Uh, you can follow me on Letterboxd at Mark0014. Uh, and uh, you can just find me around town hanging out. Cool. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Cody Lunsford underscore. You can find me on Letterboxd by searching my name. Make sure to follow the show at We Pick Picks. That's W-E-P-I-C-K-P-I-C-S. And join us on the Best Pictures Facebook group where we talk about a lot of fun stuff. Um, Best Pictures Pod also has a Letterboxd. Uh, you can find us there to get kind of the average of our thoughts on everything. Um, but, but make sure to rate, review, and subscribe to us on Apple Podcast and your favorite podcast provider. Um, and I think that's it. So, uh, Chad, what is the best movie that the Razzies declared was the worst? Uh, that would be uh, what do we get? Uh, Showgirls. Showgirls. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, there's just too many like voting in this these episodes. No, I know. I know. Uh, Razzies Mark, what is the, the best movie that the Razzies claim isn't bad? Uh, it's definitely Showgirls, and I think it will probably continue to be Showgirls. We'll hey, see. We'll Co- see. Twilight <laughs> Part Two: Breaking Dawn comes out. So that seems like a competent know. movie. I stopped after yeah. New Moon, but yeah. Cody, uh, do I have to watch the whole series to watch that? Oh God damn it! Cody, yeah. same question to you. Uh, showgirls um, thanks everybody for listening and remember it must be weird not having someone come on you it is that is a really good line in this movie <laughs>